So good to see you this morning. I'm glad you're here. Uh, glad to see some new faces, some shining faces, and um, you're always welcome here at Church of Tomorrow. We have a special blessing today, a special privilege, and it's uh, quite an honor to be able to have someone who's been very special in my life the last some years as a personal coach, trainer, admonisher. Uh, what other words should I put in there? You know, it's, we do it long distance, so that way it doesn't get physical, you know. So, uh, no, just a, just a wonderful guy. A lot of you know him. He's been here before. Uh, he's one of our uh, board members, and uh, we really so appreciate him. I'm not going to sit up here and talk a lot about him because it's all good, and I know you'll receive it that way. He's a man of God, number one. And he's had ministry experiences. He may be the only person in the world that has had more ministry experiences than me. <laughs> I mean, it's like he has been across up and down all around and everything else. Uh, and by the way, I want to make a disclaimer. I know that I have said something about PhDs before. And I, it wasn't necessarily... Well, anyway, you can discard all of that... <laughs> If you ever heard me call a PhD, <clears throat> postal digger, and um, because he hasn't earned one, and uh, he that gives us some kind of an idea about uh, the studiousness that he is, because those ain't easy. Praise God. Center for Everyday Leadership, personal life coach, Doctor Richard Ely. Come on up, Doc. He he he's he's Doc. And bless you, young man. Make sure you got something to write on, some notes. Take them. Take everything that he's going to give you. Study it next week. It's going to be life-changing if you'll let it be. Amen. Praise God. Blessings. Amen. Have at it. Now, L4 would mean uh, like long hours, right? And I've brought my notes just in case you were wondering how long we'll be here. <laughs> hey, so listen, I, I, just for the benefit of, of you who did not know, I got on a plane at 6 o'clock this morning in St. Pete, Florida and landed at 731 well, actually, it was early because we had a headwind coming in, and we got here early, and the tailwind that uh, put our luggage someplace else, so we had to wait for half an hour for the luggage to get here, I think came in on another flight, and, uh, but we stood around, and uh, Kelly was gracious enough to, uh, to get us over here in time, and we drove in four minutes to, to spare, but, you know, it's pretty good. I didn't know your truck could get to 100 miles an hour. So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Young people, thanks for coming today. This thrills my heart. I can't tell you. This is phenomenal. You guys are the best. We've enjoyed being with you over the last couple of years. All right. Experiencing, experiencing the perpetual love of God. Now, something that you need to know about me, okay, is um, I'm great looking, but I'm, I'm, I'm dumber than a doornail. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I don't always listen to God. Anybody else favorable to that? Yeah, stupid, right? Yeah. And so years ago, like uh, probably uh, 40, 50 years ago, uh, and I have a problem. I love sweets, even to this day. Anybody else that loves sweets? Yeah, right. So I love sweets. And um, so I wound up in the hospital with blood sugar over 300. Yeah. And, uh, and so you would think I would have learned, but I didn't. And so I continue to push the process. And I, I just wanted to see how far I could go with God, right? I mean, anybody else do that? You just push that and say, okay, God, let's see what we're going to do with this thing. And so, and so uh, anyway, uh, because of that, 
stupidity on my part. Uh, I'm legally blind, all right? So uh, standing here, I know that there's bodies out there, and I can see different shades of colors a little bit, but I'm colorblind too, so I don't know what color they are. So anyway, but God is good all the time, right? Amen. And all the time, God is good. So, so, you know, whatever we do with what we've got, God is there for us. Did you listen to those songs this morning, or did you just sing them? Huh? Come on. Did you listen to that? Huh? So is it just words that you hear, or is it as an expression of an inward process that's taken place in your life because God is still on the throne? Right? Still on that throne. All right, so let's talk about some things here. So experiencing the perpetual love of God. So if you've got your Bibles, turn over to 1 John. Let's start over there in 1 John. I love the Gospel of John. I love 1 John. And I love what God did through John to put these words to us. So start with me. You ready? All right. That which was from the beginning. So what is John talking about here? Well, I know that we can take the literal part and we can go back to the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Oh, okay, so now we know a little bit about it. But that was the beginning. And we could go back to that. We could go back to Genesis 1-1, couldn't we? In the beginning. But I want you to take one step further, and I want you to have a practical application with what John is really saying here. So he says, in the beginning, because I think he wants us to know that the person that he's going to share with us was in the beginning. Now watch this. In the beginning, which we have, what's the word? Heard. Now, all of a sudden, we get to pick up a little bit something different. Certainly, he's talking about the beginning, but all of a sudden, John is saying, I have heard from this individual. I keep going. He says, which we have seen with our eyes, right? So you and I take a look at each other. We can see each other. John is saying, I saw this individual. So not only did I hear him, I saw him. And then he says, we have looked at and our hands have handled. What he was saying there in the revised doc version is, John is saying, we played Red Rover, Red Rover, have Jesus come over. All right? So, so he was able to take his hands and put his hands on Jesus and say, I have seen him, I have heard him. We have walked in the very presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Folks, we all sang about that this morning. Please don't tell me you all came here out of a busy schedule just to sing some words. I want to believe that you have come here because the irrefutable love of God has moved you to be here this morning. What do you do with the irrefutable love of God? What do you do with that on Monday mornings at 6 o'clock when the, when the alarm rings and you got to get out of bed? Say, good Lord, it's Monday again. Uh, or, good Lord, it's Monday again. So when I was a youth pastor in Seattle, Washington, we had a great ministry. Every Thursday morning, we had 100 high school kids meet with us at Denny's just outside of Seattle, downtown. We took over the whole restaurant and had Bible study. With that, I would bring in different speakers and, and all of that. Had a fellow from California that came up, and he was in the prison ministry. 
Now, I had a van, and I would go pick up about six or seven high school kids on the way to the restaurant. And so Joe stayed with us. The alarm went off at 4.30 for me to get up. And I said to my wife, do I really have to do this again? I'm just saying, God, it's 4.30 in the morning. I didn't know there was two 4.30s in the same day. I got up. And I went and I knocked on the door. And all of a sudden, I hear this. Plop, plop. Two feet hit the ground and said, praise God, it's another day. I said, Joe, it's 4.30 in the morning, man. The perpetual love of God. What do you do when you hear the alarm go off? All right. So he says here, the life appeared and we have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Just want to let you know, that same appearance is here this morning. I'm just saying, the same appearance is there for tomorrow morning. The same appearance is there for Tuesday morning. The same appearance is there for Wednesday morning, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And listen, I want you to know something, folks. Don't come here on Sunday morning to anticipate a praise and worship service. Come here already in praise and worship mode. So that the expression that takes place in your life here is an expression of what's taken place all week long. And that's because of the perpetual love of the Almighty. He goes on and he says, um, so, you know, John, in these four verses, he said, so I'm writing a course to the people in Oklahoma, so I'm going to have to say it a couple of times, right? So I'm just saying. Mr. Hancock says it was slow around here in Oklahoma. And so, so I, he, I don't know what he meant by that, but I'm just saying, just saying that in case you were wondering, John wrote these four verses for you all here in Oklahoma. And he's had it a couple of times. He just reminded us that he, he appeared to us. He, we proclaim it to you. We have seen, we have heard, so that you also may have what? Fellowship. Fellowship with who? With God. With Jesus. The Father. The Holy Spirit. He wants us to have that fellowship. You know, I sort of got hung up here in the front with a, with a real nice family. And while we were greeting, so some of you I didn't get around to greet. But fellowship is not when it takes place because we are having a meal set together. Fellowship is Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 when you call somebody and say, can I pray for you, brother, sister? Or Thursday morning at 7 o'clock saying, hey, how about a cup of coffee? We'll get together and we'll just have some prayer for church of tomorrow. Or we'll get together and we'll pray for the staff at Church of Tomorrow. That's fellowship. Where in fact, we are coming together to celebrate the love of God. Let me stop for a minute. Because you may be here this morning and you've never experienced the love of God in your life. You may have never had that opportunity where you've taken time to say, God, I want to have an experience with you, and I want to have that fellowship with you. I want to have you to be a part of my life. And maybe everything that I've talked so far about is, is totally foreign to you. You don't understand this. And so I give you an invitation right now 
to accept Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior so that you can have that fellowship. John wants us to have fellowship with God. When I say God, I mean all three of the Trinity, right? Right. Okay. Then he goes on and he says, because of that fellowship, he says, he says, our fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And he says, we write this to make our joy complete. You don't have to go around looking for something else to fill your life. Because John says, through the Godhead, your joy is made complete. Now look it. When you read that, those four verses, understand that in verse four, it doesn't say that your happiness is going to be made complete, right? Okay, Pastor Dan, excuse me. I don't give a flip about your happiness, okay? I really don't. I really, I could care less, all right? What I do care is about your joy because there's only one place and one way that your joy is made complete, and that's a vertical relationship with the Almighty. Now look it. Now look it. You are not going to know the love of the Almighty if you don't have the joy of the Lord. Okay? It isn't going to happen. Just is not going to happen. And I'm going to show that to you in some other scripture. But I'm reminded about love. Oh, and by the way, turn to your neighbor and say, Doc's talking about joy. But Doc is going to start talking about love. And I promise you, we'll get there. Is this going to take us a while? Going to take us probably another 45, 50 minutes. We'll get there. So just hang on to your seats, okay? All right. See, I haven't had a chance to really talk with the young people in this way. I mean, so I'm going to take all the time that I can possibly get just to share with them. All right, so here you go. It's not happiness, it's joy. So what I want you to do is I want you to go over another passage of Scripture, and it's in Galatians chapter 5, and you all know what's in Galatians chapter 5. All right? So if I had time, and I think there is a clock counting down on the back wall. I could care less about that too, right? I could care less about that. So, you know, if, if, if Brad's around, turn the... Turn the clock off, Brad. It, yeah. it, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything to me, right? So, so just, just telling you. All right. So over to uh, Galatians chapter 5. And, and, and so, you know, the first 21 verses, first 21 verses, uh, if I had another hour, I'd go through that one by one because those are the things that it says, if... That's the life that you're going to live. You will never understand the perpetual love of God. If that's the life you're going to live, you're never going to understand the, the significance of the joy of the Lord. You're never going to make it there. So if any of those things in the first 21 verses are part of your life, let me just say, run. Get away. Flee. Okay? So with that, Two of the verses that probably everybody in here knows. You probably have studied them. You probably have been, maybe even taught them yourself or shared them with somebody. Let's look at them, all right? But the fruit, singular, it is not fruits. It is fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, my translation says forbearance. What does forbearance mean? Putting up with? Patience, yeah. So, so if, if you've got the word forbearance in there, write the word patience down, okay? 
So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and what? Okay, folks, y'all got your pens on? Here's where it is. This is where the rubber meets the road. The very last fruit of the Spirit is what? Oh. Anybody here have problem with self-control? Huh? I'm glad to say I'm not the only one, okay? Self-control. You know, I am older than dirt, right? I'm just here to tell you. And my, one of my granddaughters sent me a text one time, and it had, a, had the words old in there. And she says, this reminds me of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I took her out of my will. Yeah. All right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't do that to me. Ah. All right. All right. So self-control at 82. I still have trouble with self-control. I will leave after this afternoon and go back to Tulsa because there's a conference going on over there. And it is Christian schools that are associated with ORU. And, and, um, and so I've been trying to put together a three-minute presentation that is talking about what it is that we do with our 24-7 leadership. And I'm just here to tell you, folks, I'm just being honest with you, right? I have not been the example this past week to my wife or to anybody else on what self-control is because you know what? I am not like Brad. I am not like Brad. I... I I have sometimes a hard time turning on the computer. Anybody had right? Amen, right? I have a hard time. And so when it comes to this technology stuff, I spend five hours trying to do one simple thing, like transfer something out of my computer to a scan disk, right? Yeah, no way it doesn't happen. Not at all. And I am not the best type of person to be around with when those things happen, all right? I'm just telling you like it is. And then when I do that, and then I go back into some of the scripture that I'm going to share with you, and this self-control, you're right. Yeah, come on. Really, God? Seriously? Give me a break. Okay. Because watch this. Watch this. Start with me with self-control. And we're going to go back up the list. If I am not self-controlled, it's because I lack gentleness. If I do not have a gentle spirit, it's because there's not a lot of faithfulness in my life. If I am not faithful, it's because there's not a lot of goodness taking place in my life. If I am not and I do not have a good spirit, it's because I don't have a lot of kindness. Oh, now, those of you who are married or thinking about getting married, oops, did we break down on that one so far? All right, all right, okay. If I am not very kind, it's because I lack patience. Uh-oh. Uh See, patience and self-control, all in the same verse, right? Oh. If I lack patience because I really don't have peace. If I don't have peace, it's because I really do not have, what's the word? And joy comes because of a vertical relationship, not horizontal, it's vertical. And if I do not have joy, it's because I do not have love. Now listen, listen. If I do not have love, it's because I do not have God. Now how do I know? How do I know? Because back over in 1 John, in chapter 4, 
it says, God is love. Right? So answer a question for me. We come together Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We come and, excuse me, go through the routine sometimes, not always, but we go through the routine of driving in our vehicles and then having the greatest miracle transformation take place from the car to the church. where all of a sudden we're God believers, right? We're God seekers. We're children of the heavenly host. But it's not the way that it came on the way to church because we flipped off somebody who pulled in front of us, right? I know, that, I know that I'm not speaking to anybody here at Church of Tomorrow, right? So it's only for those who are going to see this by way of the recording later on, those people who are outside the Church of Tomorrow. And myself. So what does your life look like? What takes place between... 12 o'clock Sunday morning, and what time do we start? 9.30? 10 o'clock, and 10 o'clock Sunday morning. What takes place? If, in fact, if, in fact, you are here this morning and you are thinking about the irrefutable love of the Almighty, what difference does it make? What difference does it have? What's the significance? Where is it going on in your life? What's the transformation? Ah, does that word sound familiar at all to any of you? Huh? So one of the things that I ask the young people who take our course is to select one word that they are going to live by for the next year to come. Everything that they do is going to be centered around that word. Can I put the four of you on the spot? That's okay. I'm going to anyway. Because <laughs> I love you all so much. Okay, do you remember what your one word was? Okay. Peyton, start. What was the one word you selected? And tell us the reason why. Perseverance. Okay, so perseverance. How's it working out for you? Is what? Not the best. Yeah, so it's a good reminder. Okay. Truth. And the reason you chose truth was what? Did you all hear that? Huh? In everything that he does, he wants to make sure that truth is the embodiment of his life. All right? Okay. What was the key operative word? That was his word. Operative word was what? Mindset. We all have mindsets, right? And he was concerned that his mindset was where the relevancy of the Almighty became the pertinent part of his life, right? Strong. Strong in her faith. 
How's that working out for you? Good. All right, that'll work for me. I like that. Oh, so how's it working out for you in your life? Huh? How much time do we have? <laughs> Don't do that to me because I can do that. Let me close with this. Jump over to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians. Chapter 4. All right. Starting with verse 4. Paul says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Don't you like the way that the word is given to us? Rejoice in the Lord always, even when I've lost my job. Even when somebody has said something rotten about me. Even when, and the list goes on and on and on. Paul says rejoice in the Lord Always. And in case you didn't get it the first time, he says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Then he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. So where, where does that gentleness come from? Back over the fruit of the spirit. All right. And remember this. I can't have the love and I can't have the gentleness if I don't have the if I don't have the if I don't have the we go through all of them we'll get it won't we if I don't ha- if I don't have what what's the last one self control if I don't have the self control I've got to work on the self control so the next time. No, I won't say that. I say that. So, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. I don't like that verse either. So, my wife says, my wife said, as we were sitting there and trying to get some things done, she said, uh, so, what's going on in your life? What do you think right now? And she says, how do you feel? And I says, I'm anxious. I says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm using that verse on Sunday. Can't, Can't say that. Says, be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Do y'all do y'all write in your Bibles? Huh? Oh, do you, all right. So, so highlight and circle some of those words, right? Huh? So rejoice. That needs to be circled, right? And uh, and again, I say, rejoice. There you go again. Fact, a great thing you need to do. Get out the book of Philippians sometime and go through and highlight or circle every time it says joy or rejoice. It'll fill up your Bible. All right? Be a good little project for you to do this afternoon. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is... Watch this now. You ready for this? We're talking about the perpetual love of God. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the framework about every one of our lives. When we walk out of here... If we walk out of here, the same person that came in, nothing clicked. Or as they say in the deep south, if your wood's wet, burn it anyway. I don't know if that's the way it's said, but you know what I'm talking about. It's close. It's close. Whatever is true, Whatever is noble, 
whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. You ready? If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The irrefutable love of the Almighty. Will you think about that this week? Will you take time and say, hey, I need to renew that relationship with God. I think I've sort of walked away from that or it's sort of a handicap situation for me. Only when I'm in real deep doo-doo do I really call on God or talk to him. Let me challenge you something, okay? Every morning at 5.30 in the morning, I'm in my office. I have a quiet time. Have time meditation. Have time prayer. Have time read. Have time study. I'm not asking you to do the same thing at that time of the morning. But when are you going to do it? The psalmist has said this, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will what? Okay. So here's my position on that. The first part of that verse is different for everybody sitting in this room. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does it look like for you? You personally, not anybody else. What does it look like for you to delight yourself in the Lord? Between you and God, you work that out. Don't let anybody else put parameters and boundaries on what, that, what that's supposed to look like. I'm not going to do that. Because whatever is what God wants you to be doing to you delight yourself in the Lord. That's what I want you to do. Second part says, when you do that, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now look at this is what I believe. If in fact I'm delighting myself in the Lord, whose desires are going to be placed there? His desires. His desires. And then I begin to understand the vertical relationship with the Almighty. I begin to understand that I've got to work on self-control. How do I do that? By spending time with God. By having that fellowship. And now, you, and listen, by the time I get to the place of understanding about my fellowship and its vertical then all the other people are going to experience it because it's going to ooze out, all right? And that's just going to go all over horizontally because I am spending the time with the Almighty. It's automatic. It happens. I promise you. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give the desires of your heart, and it's going to be God's desires. The irrefutable love of God. Do you understand why I started with joy? Because there's not going to be any joy when I don't understand the love of God. Carol, how do we sing the love of God? So rich and pure. Do you all know that song? Well, I'm not going to sing it. So if I ever come back again, learn that song. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I want you to promise, not me, don't promise me, okay? Don't promise me, promise God. Promise God when you walk out of here today that there's going to be a difference in your life because you did come today. And you did hear 
about joy? You did hear about the irrefutable love of God. And you know where that started? Here's where it started. God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were sitting in the boardroom having a conversation. And they said, God the Father said, let's make man. And God the Son said, I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> and God the Holy Spirit said, amen. <laughs> but then they said, Jesus said, I will subject my will to yours, Father. And at that moment, at that very moment, he stood up out of that chair and began to walk towards the cross. The irrefutable love of God is for you. Don't put it on the shelf when you go home. Don't put it off to the corner and then put it back on next Sunday. It's not clothes that you wear. It's a life experience that changes. Father God, I just want to thank you for the chance to be with these dear folks. They're such a loving family. But Lord, there may be somebody here this morning as a believer, not necessarily a real follower. They find it easy to put you on Sunday mornings, come, smile at everybody here, go home and then take those same clothes off. Father, um, I want you to have some meetings with these folks, and I'm going to pray that they will be receptive to those meetings. And the reason, God, that I am praying that they will be receptive is that a year from now, this place will have to go to a couple of services. Because the experience of the irrefutable love of God might be manifested in such a way through the lives of these individuals into people that they live next to, that they work with, that they go to school with. That those individuals want to come to experience what's taking place in this lighthouse. And so God, move in a mighty way. Work in the hearts and the lives that need that change and in the hearts and the lives of those who just need to move on closer to you. Because of that, we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. Love you. Take care. Praise the Lord. Come on. Give it up. What a message. Are you changed? Well, if you ain't, it's your fault. Because <laughs> God is calling us continually in a an attitude of repentance, which means change your thinking, think differently, or reconsider. Praise God. Amen. 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 Amen.
You're a pretty good preacher. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're we're going to do something special this morning that the Lord put on my heart just recently. And uh, I think this is meaningful of recognizing the gift that is in Doc. And it's also recognizing what he's done for this church. You have no idea. Because he's not out here every Sunday morning. He's in Florida and, you know, looking at the beach. Every time I meet with him, he's got this beach scene in the background. And it's the same beach scene. The waves are still going the same way every time. Consistency. <laughs> Consistency. So he's, he's helped us from the very, very beginning. He's been here. And uh, we so appreciate his strength and his wisdom and his prayer and believing and, and Char, his wife, is just right there with him because, you know, every man marries up if they're, if they're smart. So uh, we all believe in that, praise God. But we're going to do an ordination service this morning as ordaining him, recognizing him as an elder of this church. And he's well beyond uh, deserving of this, but recognizing the gift of God. Titus chapter 1 verse 6 says, An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable. Have you seen that this morning? One who loves what is good, one who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He's just preached himself, right? He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. This is the office of an elder and recognizing that. And Dr. Ely, this morning, we want to recognize you before the congregation and certainly before the Lord uh, and have an attitude of gratitude about it. Could have done it without you the last few years. I wouldn't know what to do. And he's tough on you. You know, you don't know how tough he can be in a, in a <clears throat> coaching meeting. But I need that. There's some rough edges on me. It's okay. And he knocks them off every time we get together. And um, I'll start going on. I'll say something. start to go on. He said, wait, wait, wait a minute. What are you going to do with that? Oh, gosh, here it goes again. <laughs> but it's needful. And it's good. And he's helping you through that process of knocking off the rough, some of the rough edges in me. I, I got a feeling you still got some work to do <laughs> with me. <laughs> but what a message. And the irrefutable love of Jesus Christ in you. And it is the highest hope of glory that we have. Yeah. So if you want to just extend your hands towards him, you may. And we're going to anoint with oil and do the ordination this morning. Kelly, is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, just in the short period of time, just being able to um, be taught uh, of you and uh, your wisdom is so needed in the society today that we live in. And I'm privileged to be a part of that. Yeah. Amen. Dear Father, in Jesus' name, we recognize this man of God a brother in the Lord, a father in the Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that he has in his life to carry forth the wisdom, the truth, the love of Jesus Christ and all of the ingredients that should be recognizable by the Spirit of God, and they are. And we recognize these callings and gifts, and we recognize this steadfastness to plow on ahead of you, especially God, uh, in the fact that he's reached out to us with no strings attached, and especially that he's loved Church of Tomorrow, which is all the people in it. Father, we thank you that we have this opportunity and privilege to recognize 
the gift of God as an elder for this church. And we throw ourselves upon you, Lord God, because your mercy endures forever and your grace empowers us to do everything you've called us to do. And you've placed so much of that within this one man and between his wife and himself and the love that they have for you. They've ministered continually to us and countless others, countless others. So we recognize that in the name of Jesus and we thank you for your gift, giving you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. You might need that. Just be glad Kelly didn't pour the whole bottle on you. Yeah. <clears throat> He's... Pastor Dan, good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Now we've got to do something else. Uh, we're going to receive communion this morning. And uh, if, uh, if you're a Christian, a born-again Christian, you're welcome to join in with us. Okay, regardless of where you go to church or where you need to go to church or whatever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. You're welcome here always. And if you're in a great church and you just came to visit this morning, that's fine. We don't want to grab a sheep by the head and pull them in. But we're here for you. And you, I think you'll find that uh, we've been blessed with leadership. I'm not talking about killing me. I'm talking about Doc and Corey and, and Jerry, the other, other board members, to be able to perform that that God's called us to do. So what we're going to do this morning, I want to, first of all, I want to read a creed out of the early church, and it's actually been written in 1 Corinthians 11, starting with verse 23. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. The first church had a lot of creeds that they spoke, and that was the way that they carried the word of God on for the first several years before they were actually written down. So some, and most of those creeds are found actually in, they're in 1 Corinthians, quite a few of them. 1 Corinthians 15 is probably the greatest one. <clears throat> and they did that by memory singing a song, like da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. So they memorized the creeds, and in the next few years they were written. And don't, don't let anybody tell you that the words weren't written to the second or third century because that's wrong. Mm -hmm. They were written, in fact, 1 Corinthians 15 was written within four or five years of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And we have proof of that and even skeptics have acknowledged that if they've done the study behind it. Yes. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23, for I received from the Lord, and I just ask the people that are helping with um, communion to come forward if you would right now, okay? Yeah, if you've got bread and our juice, come on up front if you would and just face the congregation. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then everyone eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. I read something last week about something that wasn't Christian, and they talked about, you know, you need to make sure that you do all this for yourself over and over and over again. We do this in recognition, number one, of the Lord Jesus Christ who shed his blood. And we recognize also the fact that even though his body was broken on the cross, that his body today, what he calls his body, is sitting in these chairs and standing up here and all around. Yeah. It's the body of Christ. We need to know that discerning the body includes looking at our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. And if we have anything in here, this little old heart that needs to be taken care of, we just need to confess it before we receive communion, and then we'll get the full benefit of communion. Okay? Amen. This is why many of, among you are weak and sick and a number of you fallen asleep. 
But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we're judged in this way by the Lord, we're being disciplined so that we, we will not finally be condemned with the world. So if God's dealing with you about something, just confess it to him in the name of Jesus. And what does he do? He throws that in the sea of forgetfulness. You know, he, he even forgets our sins. Not because he's not able to, but because he's chosen to. And you're not going to hear shame coming from the Lord. That's the enemy. And the enemy will try to steal from you. So this is a time to lay down your burdens and rise up in the righteousness that Jesus Christ has given us. Why? Because of his perpetual love, praise God. We're going to do communion a little different than we've done it before, so let me give you a couple little instructions. Uh, they're holding bread, and this is raised bread, and the New Testament church used raised bread. The Without uh, being raised was in the Old Testament. Okay, but Jesus has been raised. Yes. He bore our sins, yes. took sin upon himself yes. so that we could be free of sins. Yes. So the life of Jesus Christ has been raised in us as we believe that by his grace through faith in him. Yes. So we have raised bread this morning, and all you need to do is just come up here and break off a piece and take it. Uh, there's not any hands on this, so don't worry about somebody, you know, uh, putting something on there. We, we, we're making it real healthy and clean <laughs> for you. So if you're a hypochondriac, don't worry about it. We got you covered. <laughs> They're just going to hold it and they'll pull back the wrapping uh, as time goes on. And then also we have the uh, grape juice, which is a type of the vine. So the raised bread is his body that was broken for us, his body on the cross, the blood, which is the blood shed for us. The life is in the blood, the Bible says. And when he shed his blood, he shared his life for us. He made the great exchange. He took our sins and gave us his life. Wow. He took our sins and gave us his life. Not the life of a frog or a dog or just a, something else. The life of God. And that's where eternal life comes in when we receive him and then we renew that through communion. Okay, I hope that helps you a little bit on that and encourages you on that. It's what it's for. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day to give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you for Jesus Christ coming to this earth to be the great substitute for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if Christ be in any person, he's a new creation. Behold, the old is gone. Behold, everything is made brand new. For the glory of God, may this day continue in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may come up and uh, receive the bread and then take the uh, element, the juice. You may take it whenever you want to take it. You may want to pray first and, you know, make a confession to God or something. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, this is your time.
we thank you that you've come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you that we have been crucified with you. Nevertheless, we live yet not us ourselves, but you that live in us. And the life that we live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And that is our confession and our praise and our testimony. In Jesus' name, and all said, amen. Praise God. Just a couple of quick things. Uh, first of all, uh, we want to remind you about uh, the opportunity to give your tithes and offerings and gifts. And they're on the back uh, behind me. There are three ways that we can give, uh, text, online, or we also have envelopes and um, pencils and uh, a little box back there at the back says, give here. So I uh, just ask you to consider the fact we have a guest speaker today, and uh, we also want to make sure that we take good care of him. Praise God. Uh, last week, we presented our new tracks. And so what do we do when I talk to somebody somewhere? I go, hi, there's a little something I'd like to hand you. <laughs> yeah, she's smiling already, see? And uh, it's, it's a very good tool. We're just trying to get the fact out that Church of Tomorrow is here for people. We've got plenty at the back. We ordered a 1,000. We've got to get rid of those really quick, okay, because they're going to disintegrate here in a couple of days. And then we're going to have another 9,000 come in, okay? So this is practice time when you see somebody just automatically hand them a track. And so uh, it's non-condemning. It's not, you dirty, rotten sinner, you're going to hell, it's just read it. It's a very open questioned track to get them to think a little bit and to offer them the opportunity to visit us. So we're not coming down like we used to do in the 80s. And you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? <laughs> Didn't do it quite that rough. Okay. Anyway, so just want to remind you, please take, there's some uh, on the counter and there's some little table outside. And if we get the the pile down, we'll put more there because we've got plenty more to go. Amen. Now, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Wednesday night, we're in between our series that we do on Wednesday nights on studying things. We're going to show a movie. And you want to be here, number one, because Brad has his special popcorn that he's bringing in with cheese and caramel on it. So... It may not sound all that great, but it is stinking awesome, praise God. Isn't that right, Brad? <laughs> Amen. There, he's making so much noise back there. You can't hear his head go up and down, but he, it was going up and down. But you'll like that, and we'll have soft drinks, etc. So we want you to be here for a movie called, by recommendation of Dr. Richard Ely, Show Me the Father. Oh, y'all need to come. <laughs> okay. It is awesome. It is awesome, and it's a family deal, a church family thing. It's aimed at men and women and others, and everybody will enjoy it, and it gives glory to God. Uh, you talk about miracles. Uh, oh, my gosh. God does stuff that you don't even think about, but when you hear the story of it, it is awesome. So, uh, the uh, Kendrick brothers put it together. It's a documentary. It interviews people and their lives. It's all fact, okay? No fiction. No, oh, yes, what am I getting? You know, it's just a really good documentary with faction and truth on it about how great God is. And if, if you're a sports guy, it's got some sports stuff in there. If you're something else and don't like sports, that's okay. There's plenty of other stuff, and you'll end up really talking about this movie. That's the what you can take away from it. You will tell others about it automatically. So take advantage of that. If you would, please stand with me. Are we going to play the trailer? Okay, he's got the trailer right here. Let's go ahead and put it up now. I'm sorry, I forgot. Please don't come empty-handed. Bring some other families with you. This will change the lives of everybody you know. Far enough. I told you he always picks up and gets all the rest of it done. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. That's true. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day you've given us. 
We thank you, Lord God, that every person here today is strengthened, encouraged, and has an assignment from you. And I thank you, Lord, that by the grace of God, we will carry that assignment out this week. And we thank you, Lord God, for your love, which we can demonstrate to people that uh, we see and meet. Thank you for divine connections for each of us to be able to share you. And we praise you and give you all the glory and thank you for giving us all the fun in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.